from the Neighborhood Church. To find out more about who we are, go to neighborhoodchurchmn.org. Enjoy the message. Uh, we sang the song, uh, Oh Holy Night. Did anyone see, I just saw this on social media, where that song came from, how it was written. Did anyone else see that post? Uh, it was written by a pastor. We're so great, us pastors. And um, it was in, during the Civil War, um, and it was, um, I can't say the word right, but to um, abolish slavery. You call that a ab- ab- abolitionist? Abolitionist, thank you. I knew I wasn't saying it right. So, um, but that line in there, in the second verse, actually it's technically the third verse, the slave is my brother, that he wrote that as a way of people singing at churches, of saying they're, they're, they're humans, like us. They have agency and beauty and wonder and mystery, and the South, imagine this, refused to sing it. And to this day, in churches, and if you hear, if you hear it um, recorded, they change the word slave to like, my friend or my neighbor is my brother. Um, and I don't, think I don't think they intentionally do it, but it was a way that, again, you can, well, oh, I'm saying in the South they did back then. But how we still normalize, we can still extend of whitewashing things. And just that. So the fact that you played that um, was, uh, was great. Thank you, Steve. You're welcome. Yes, thank you. Um, so we are continuing our Advent series. And we've talking about Advent um, in the sense of, like, waiting in the dark and not manipulating the light, uh, but waiting for the light. Because the light is uh, what the... Um, the prophecy that they um, told for generations and generations was there is this new way of being human. There was this, uh, this kingdom of God, they called it. It was going to come through this Messiah, through this person. It was going to restore um, uh, life and beauty and vitality, a whole new way of doing life. Um, and it was going to be represented by this light. And so I thought we could talk a little bit about light. I'm going to be telling the same story, uh, a similar story, but in two totally different lenses, two radically different experiences I'm going to share one today, and then my Christmas Eve message is going to be the other. And it's all centered on this idea of light. And light really shapes how we view things, right? Like, obviously. But also elicits, like, uh, joy, elicits these feelings. Like, if you see, like, the moon, right? You see the moon, at least for me, I have this, like, a different feeling. If you see a fire, it's easy how you can sit with a group of friends around a fire and not say anything for, like, long periods of time because everyone's just staring at the fire, Right? I remember being a, a very small kid, and I fell asleep at someone's house. <laughs> my parents just put me in strangers' homes or somewhere. And um, my dad wrapped me up in the blanket, just picked the blanket up, and just carried me out. And I haven't thought about that forever. But I remember waking up because you're not going to, like, totally wake up because you don't want to have to walk, right? But I remember waking up enough to look through the blanket and I could see some light, right? I remember that. Um, I went out to Colorado, oh, man, a long time ago. And for a conference, and we were uh, on top of this mountain, and I came out at night, and it was the first time I've been in the mountains at night, and we were like a couple 13, 14,000 feet above Chubb Lake level, and I look up, and thank you, and I, I looked up, and it's like I could have, I feel like I just scooped the stars up. And it's funny, when you get away from, like, light pollution, get away from town, and you can look at the, the sky, there's so many more stars than we know, right? And I had this feeling of, like, if Earth is just one of all these, 
right? It just puts you into perspective. Like light can bring so many different new ways of thinking, new realities, and it can bring such joy. All right, I'm going to ask you a question, and I would, if you brave, Cody, if you're so brave to yell it out, um, like Kaya, I'll, I'll ask you, Kaya, Kaya, what's one thing that brings you joy? Something that you do or something you see that you feel like just makes you come alive? Cartwheels. Not my top five. So that's, that's why I asked, right? Yeah, do one right now. No, no. I choose life. So, um, uh, like, there, there's things, right? Like Ryan Gosling. We can all agree Ryan Gosling brings us joy, right? It's true. He, he is a, he's a specimen. Um, and maybe it's Christmas carols, right? Maybe it's like the movie Elf. Uh, for me, I thought of uh, two things. I love like a strong cup of coffee. Like I put way too much grounds in my coffee because I just, I like the taste of it. I like how it makes me feel. And then the other one, oddly enough, I don't drink a lot of wine. I'm not a big wine guy, but I have a great sense of joy if I go somewhere. <laughs> I don't go to places that have sommeliers often, but I did one time. Um, and a sommelier is you know, someone who specializes in, in wine. They can pair it. And I'm like, um, I, I want a glass of wine. I like it really dry. He's like, how about this? I got a bottle of wine that um, he didn't do this either. But uh, <laughs> um, he's, he's like, it's like a, a, a cherry pie that you dropped in the beach. I'm like, yeah, I want that. I like it so dry, like a really, really, really dry wine. And I drink it. Yeah, it's true. I, I, it's, yeah, this is not that funny, Sarah. <laughs> of all the jokes I told, that's the <laughs> um, uh, I, it brings me it brings me great joy, and I think it's I think it's important to understand the difference between happiness and joy, right? Happiness is a fleeting moment. Happiness is a chemical reaction. You see something, and your brain says, "Hey, we like that. We can relax. We can chill out. We can be present." Right? That that's what your brain does. But joy is like a state of being, right? Joy wraps up the entire human experience. It's like happiness will lift you six inches off the ground, and that's important. But, like, um, joy, like, lets you soar, right? How do we access that kind of joy? Because that's what I want, right? I'm a big fan of happiness. But you, you met people who are joyful, right? Sometimes they can be annoying. You're, you're like, why are you like this all the time? But, like, 80% of the time, it's, they're, they're inspiring, right? How can you move through this life with the reality of all the things that are going on, and you can still have, it's not even just a positive outlook. It's just, it's, it's different. Like, I, it, it's unshakable. Like, that's, that's what I want. And what we're reading in the gospel story today, Luke chapter 2, is people not only experiencing this joy, like, they can touch it. They can smell it. And how that, what that means for us. So I'm reading out of Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Oh, let's put all these down and grab the next one. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. And on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. Then the angels left them and gone into heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. 
So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now, I love this story because it normalizes something. When an angel appears in the New Testament um, to the shepherds, to Mary, to Joseph, they start out each time with, do not be afraid. Because if you were standing in the middle of a field, right, and it was night, and an angel appeared out of nowhere, you might pee your pants as well, right? And why? Because gods don't show up, right? Like, it just doesn't happen. That happens maybe to other people. Like, we all pick, like, if a god was, like, real, and if a god was to show up, if that's what gods do, right, where would a god show up? And we'd probably pick, like, a famous place or people with power or whatever we deem the beautiful people. We say, yeah, yeah, God might, gods might show up to them. We might even pick places. There's, um, um, oh, I don't remember the book anymore. Oh, Sacred Time, uh, Sacred Space, Sacred Time. And he had this whole idea of um, Axis Mundi, where places where people believed that heaven and earth, the supernatural natural, would intersect. And they were like giant trees. They were big places of water. They were giant mountains. And people collectively say, oh, this, of course, or this temple or this symbol brings access to the supernatural. And most of it's big. Why? Because we think that's what a god would do. But to a shepherd, to a bunch of nobodies, you just don't think God shows up to people like that. And this God, what I love, is that she reveals herself in the most unlikely ways, right? God, in the Old Testament, God would show up through a bush, a burning bush. He'd show up, like, with a pillar of fire or a smoke or a cloud. And there would be, like, um, Elisha or Elijah has, like, this glimpse of God. There's all these little parts of revealing of the nature of who God is. And here, in this field, they're pointing to where joy is. They're pointing to what God is. They say, if you want to know what God looks like, if you want to hear God, if you want to touch God, if you want to smell God, oddly enough, right? What does God sound like when they cry? The angels are pointing. It's just a couple blocks away. This God reveals itself in unlikely places to unlikely people in unlikely ways. Emmanuel, God with us. There's this saying I said a couple weeks ago, but um, I don't remember who said it. Um, but they said God loves things by becoming them. And I love that. And all the ways for God to reveal herself, and all the ways for God to show up in the world, it's through a baby that's vulnerable, that is dependent. Its entire existence is dependent on the people around it. This is a different kind of God. And what the angels say, the reason that it's joy to the entire world, why? Because Jesus is going to demonstrate what joy is. Jesus is going to embody what joy is. Jesus is going to remind everyone what the good news is right? And what's the good news? What's the gospel? And if the gospel starts with this, um, Denny, you're a horrible person, and uh, I'm sorry, but because of that sin, um, you're going to hell. <laughs> Should try it harder. But you're lucky that Jesus died on the cross and resurrected for you, and that's so that someday in the future you can go somewhere. That's not good news. If good news has to start with how bad you are, Right? That's not good news. And good news has to what? Has to be, be good. If I told, again, I would say that is a very common way of people saying what the gospel is. If you went up to someone 
Um, there's, there's several people um, who walk, when I'm working here, walk by, I'm looking for cigarette butts. You know, they're, they're looking, they're, they're tr trying to survive. And I went up to someone and I said, I got great news for you. Jesus died so that you, someday could go to heaven. And he's like, okay, but um, can I have a couple bucks for a meal? <laughs> like, no, you're missing it. Jesus is not interested in feeding you or clothing you or getting you warm. He's way more interested in you for some future reality, right? That's not good news. So what is the good news? Why do we have this joy? The joy is this. You can access this joy. Man, I love talking about this. You can access this joy if you believe that there's a God that's this good, a God that shows up in unlikely places to unlikely people, right? But also, you have to equally, I'd say, maybe believe that you are that good as well. Believe that God has nothing but good things for you. I firmly believe that. Then we have to also believe that we're good and we're worth that goodness. And that's the good news. And this is what Jesus does. The reason the angels are saying that there's going to be joy to all mankind throughout the world because Jesus walks around and he reminds people who they've always been. They've always been good. And someone else, we rank, we, we organize people of saying who's good and who's better and who's the best. And a lot of times we put ourselves down here. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not really great. And Jesus demonstrates. Jesus, I, I got in trouble um, when I worked at another church because on stage I said Jesus was the great reminder. And someone didn't like that. I'm like, Jesus is the Savior. I'm like, yeah, great. But he's also the great reminder because he just reminds people who they've always been. Right? The woman at the well. She says, I have this identity. People have told me I am this because I've done these things, and I'm still doing these things. And Jesus says, that's great. That's not who I say you are. He reminds her who she's always been. She's always been good. She's always been included. She's the one who believed the lie that she was out. Uh, when Jesus heals the blind man, all of a sudden, uh, he, he was blind, but now he can see, right? And everyone else is celebrating, and they're actually they're asking a lot of questions like, who did this to you? And he's like, I don't know, but I can see. So that's got to be really good news. And Jesus, through all his healings, is revealing and reminding people, like, you didn't notice Gary until Gary looked like you, acted like you, was able-bodied like you. Before, Gary was just the blind guy. You didn't know his name. He was just, you just saw him, oh, yeah, there's the blind guy. Now, all of a sudden, he could see. Now, he ha he's a human. Now, he has rights. Now, he has a story. Jesus says, maybe we were all blind until he could see. Because Gary's always matter. G Gary's always been good. And I love that. This is what Jesus did. This is, um, I'm not going to start preaching that. So, that joy that comes, we can access and we can believe because we are always been good. And when you believe that, then you can go through this world. And again, remember joy, it wraps up the entire human experience. Then your joy is not threatened by the worst thing you've done. Then joy is not threatened, right, by having an average day, right? Happiness is always living on the mountain like, yeah, right? And then sometimes, you, can you imagine living like that your entire life? Like, everything's like this. No, right? You have to go down into, like, the normal part of life, the human part of life. And joy is still accessible there. Then you can float. You can move having that joy. Now, here's the thing. Uh, Desmond Archbishop. Um, no, Desmond Tutu, who is an archbishop? Thank you. <laughs> Desmond Archbishop is his last name. Um, he wrote a book. Um, well, he didn't write the book, but he, uh, Desmond Tutu and um, the Dalai Lama uh, and the New York Times author um, wrote a book called um, 
the power or the simplicity of joy, it's outstanding. It is so, it is so good. Um, and in it, he says, I should get it, we grow in kindness when our kindness is tested. Right? We grow in kindness when our kindness is tested. We grow in forgiveness when our forgiveness is tested. We grow in gratitude when our gratitude is tested. Right? Like, how we can access this joy is by believing God is good, believing that maybe we are good, but then we actually have to, like, do it. We have to be it. Right? We have to go out and actually demonstrate what joy can actually do. And what I call this, right, is evangelism. Yes, your favorite word, Eric, just went, yeeks, all right, right? Evangelism. I believe in evangelism. Evangelism just means you're going to go tell the good news, which we just talked about what the gospel is. And I think, I think we're in a space and time where all of us probably could be reminded that we're good, right? And so what would it look like? If we embody this joy, but we also, like, practice this joy. And maybe, like, it's, like, actually, like, making that phone call that you've been putting off. Maybe it's sending a text. Maybe, like, I've, I've tried doing this as much as possible. Oh, I shouldn't say that. Not as much as possible. I've thought about doing it as much as possible. <laughs> All right? It's telling, like, my friends I love them. Right? Because I do. I, oh, I'm emotional. I really love my friends. But so often I feel like, ah, I'm not going to say that. Ah. I have, um. I have, I have one friend that every time she hugs me, she goes, man, I really love you. I, I love that, right? It reminds me that I'm worth being loved, right? It reminds me that I'm good. Maybe it's like at work, you're going to the person you see hustling, and they're barely getting by, and you just validate their existence saying, I see that you're work, working your butt off. You're welcome. Change the word, right? In my mind. In my mind, I had a different word, right? See that you're, wor- you're working your tail off. Like, there's something about people noticing you that makes you feel alive. We can do that in simple ways if we're willing to do it on purpose. So my reminder to you, this Advent, this Christmas season, is that you are really good. And you can do hard things. And you are beautiful, and you are strong, and you have moxie, and you have mystery, and you have absolute wonder and curiosity to go into this Christmas season. And you are worth being loved. And if you believe that, Nita then that joy is not just some thing that's out there. It's a joy that's right here. So let's pray. So God, man, thank you for the goodness and the beauty of you. I thank you that this joy is not just something we get to sing about. It's not just something that we think about. It's something that we get to embody, something that we get to experience. So I pray for my friends who maybe need that reminder that they've always been good. And that goodness, I believe, extends from you. And it comes from you that it is you. And so we say yes, amen to you. We go into this world, and we also can be the great reminder. And telling people that we know, the people that we love, the people that we work with, and maybe even the people we tolerate at times, that we can remind one another that we are all good. Amen. All right. Well, thank you, friends, for being in this space. Um, again, if there's something you'd like to talk through, you'd like to pray, you'd like to process, um, I'll be here till the lights go off. So we'll see you on Saturday at 2 and 4 p.m.